Welcome to another episode of Giorgio Says the Podcast. I'm your host, Giorgio. Um, before we get into today's episode, I um, just want to thank the Patreons again for subscribing. I just dropped a new episode uh, Friday, so go check that one out. It's kind of um, a mashup of different things, but really interesting topics. And actually, I'm still kind of looking into some of those things, so it's kind of it's going to be very much an ongoing for some of those uh, things as they get uh, uncovered and I continue to figure out where the breadcrumbs are leading nonetheless. Um, but for today's episode, um, there's a couple things uh, going on, obviously, as always, but this time it's kind of um, interesting because we have some new updates via Kelly Dodd that I want to get into, as well as there's some drama over in New Jersey, and Teresa is currently filming her wedding special, so there's a couple things going on pertaining to the finale of New Jersey, so I'm going to get into that, and also um, I got to interview James Pratt, he is an actor-director, and um, yeah, really great conversation, really cool guy, and we kind of dove into a couple um, things regarding just the industry and um, specifically more like in the indie world and how things kind of ebb and flow and what he's been up to since Malibu Crush, the latest movie he did. So we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. But anyways, this is just a weekend update I like to do just because things always seem to pop up during the weekend time and it's kind of like easier to just kind of you know talk about it and uh so yeah let's get into it welcome, welcome to, to the georgia says podcast filling the tea with georgia takanakis if you love to keep up to date with all the latest pop culture news and celebrity gossip then this is the podcast for you now now please welcome please your, welcome host, your host georgia takanakis Okay, so first things first, let's get into the news that Kelly Dodd shared with um, Elizabeth, who she was just a one season wonder on Real Housewives of Orange County. And you'll also remember, she was the one that had the, uh, dare I say, uh, mentally unstable ex-boyfriend who basically barricaded himself inside of her house and like the police got involved and luckily nobody was harmed but it was a definitely like a scary scary moment for her but nonetheless she was on live with kelly dodd and kelly dodd i guess um spoke to dorinda who then told kelly that she was basically going to be asked back and as well as phaedra and she just kind of listed off the others that we already know about like taylor who's going to um orange county and um Tamara is already going back to Orange County as well. So basically just kind of saying basically Phaedra and Dorinda are basically going to get their jobs back in some capacity. And, you know, it posed an interesting question for me because it's like, you know, with Dorinda, it makes sense. They'll probably put her on legacy, I would suppose. Um, but with Phaedra, I don't see her going back to Atlanta only because Candy has made it super clear that she's not going to film or be on the show if Phaedra's on and I would think that even at a friend role Candy wouldn't 
want to be on the show with her because it's still she's still gonna have to like be in situations with her so the only other thing and I you know brought this up in a previous uh podcast and talked about it on TikTok a little bit but I think it looks like they're positioning it so that she does go to Dubai and from what I've heard they have renewed for season two for Dubai so it would make sense to bring in Phaedra at this point I mean she does have business over there she already seems to have some sort of connections over there so I think it's a really good move and I think again it seems like Ultimate Girls Trip was basically just an, another like demo reel for these ladies to try to get their jobs back if they wanted them um, the only thing is I'm I'm just hopeful that at, at some point we give Brandy another shot because I still think that there's a really good opportunity for her to to come back on to Beverly Hills and and really kind of just I don't know I just feel like it would just kind of mix things up a little bit more and um, I just think it would help shift the dynamics a little bit but uh, I guess we'll we'll continue to wait and see how that um, unfolds but yeah it's very interesting I don't know what's going to happen with Kelly Dodd though with um, sharing that uh, I don't know how she gets away with just spilling all this like tea. And usually people will say, like, don't believe her. But then nine times out of 10, the stuff that she says, it is true. Like, so, I mean, I wonder if Dorinda's going to be pissed at her for doing that, though. I would imagine. Well, I don't know. Or I hope it doesn't, like, spoil the opportunities for Phaedra. Like, I hope that didn't, like, mess it up. You know what I mean? I hope not. Um, what else? What else? Yeah, no, we need to talk about New Jersey right now because things are really getting crazy over there. It seems they just wrapped their season finale party. Um, I think it was a couple nights ago and, um, there's a, there's been, there was a couple DMs coming my way, basically giving me some like uh, context to what was going on leading up to the party even. And I had even uh, reached out to a couple of my sources just to see like what the vibe was because I think the party was um, at Dolores's boyfriend's house, I believe. So, but nonetheless, I had heard that there was a big, uh, a big issue at the party. I mean, that's to be expected at a, at a finale party, but nonetheless, the, it wasn't clear what the issue was, but then later it came out that um, Melissa and Joe were no longer attending Teresa's wedding. So, and this is just leading up to Teresa filming her, I think it's a four episode wedding special because the way she initially, I think people thought that they were going to film it for this current season that they just filmed. But Teresa was very clear early on that she would not film it for the show, but it was clear that she was holding out because she wanted them to basically give her what she's getting, like some sort of separate special that is just revolving around her wedding and 
you know, she kind of has more control of the narrative, which fine, that makes sense. But so now people are like scrambling to figure out what, what happened at this party and what happened specifically with Joe and Melissa and Trey to make them not want to go to the wedding. Because even previously, there was issues with Joe and Louie because they had gotten into a, a blowout, apparently. So it seems like there's a lot going on. But a lot of people are also saying that um, Margaret has something to do with whatever occurred or like whatever backfired at this uh, finale party because it's just interesting because when I'm looking at everything up leading up to this point, like the whole Laura situation, which is Margaret's like uh, longtime friend who's now coming, I guess, coming on the show to uh, expose Margaret. And now Margaret's involved in, in this situation with the season finale party and the in the in the blowout that's caused. So then, you know, you look a little bit more into it, and then you see that it's it's there's these cheating allegations involving Melissa. So that makes total sense. Someone is clearly using something to kind of deflect here because it's like. It would make sense because if Melissa, if that is true and, and that's the case, then that would make sense if Melissa got really upset, which rightfully so, that would be, I mean, again, and I'm sure it, it hits a soft spot for Melissa too, because of in earlier seasons when, when she was set up to look like she was, you know, a stripper at some go-go club or something when she was just like a bartender and they staged this whole thing, to try to set her up and make her look a certain way and now here we are again which i mean i don't know it could be that could all be staged as well but i don't think so because the two really just don't it, it's just they just don't like each other but it, it would make sense because joe's obviously going to support his wife in that so i do believe i do believe that but i'm still looking into like what the details are behind it and like where the allegation came from and 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 why Margaret's involved. So I will definitely um, keep you guys updated on that. But, you know, it's just really interesting because I think this season, obviously the dynamics are going to change. Obviously there's going to be some shifts in the way the storylines flow because it, it's looking like it's kind of all over the place. I mean, there's a couple different things going on from, from the reports that we've gotten since, you know, while they were filming. So it's not like, you know, a lot of the people said, you know, don't believe these pictures that are out there where they're all looking happy and they're like, you know, walking down the streets of wherever they are. They're like at these places and they look, they seem like they're fine, but it's like, well, they're, they have to look that way. They can't actually look like, because then that's, that ruins the, the point. And it's hard enough with social media and people, obviously these people film in public spaces at times so people do get a hold of it and thankfully they do for people like me and other creators who cover this stuff to be able to give you guys this sort of tea and, and it also is interesting because sometimes in the past we've seen like 
things are being reported while being while the show's filming and then when we watch the show back a lot of it's not even included in the show so the, you know we've seen that in, in prior years so i don't really know how they're going to like edit these storylines because i again i think they're still going for like the shorter season approach with new jersey because i think it did really well for them this last season because they had like really um it just was like meaty content versus just like filler episodes and scenes it was just like you know it kind of moved through quickly which I appreciated so I think with that approach and everything that's going on you know it'll be interesting to see how they pull certain things in because like with this this friend Laura for instance you know there's things that go back and forth like Marge sent that group message basically saying like you know she's clearly not happy about this and Marge claims that she's tried in the past to get Laura on the show and that production just wasn't interested. And now it seems production's using Laura to kind of come up against Margaret. So it's just interesting because it's like, and I've mentioned, like I've reached out to Laura. So, you know, hopefully she'll come on my podcast and we can, you know, ask her and, and get her uh, perspective on everything and, and, and what, what her truth is on it. But, you know, I don't know. This whole Melissa cheating allegation, it just smells fishy. But yes, I mean, Teresa is currently filming her wedding special right now. So um, I'm sure we'll continue to get things coming in from that. We've already seen photos coming in from the families coming. You see the camera people and such. So they're full steam ahead with everything and i i've been seeing a lot of people also uh doing these memes of uh you know there's still time to get a prenup which actually i mean listen she can do a post-nuptial is that what it's called i think where you after the wedding you can you can make one i mean there's still time it's not unlikely and we don't know maybe she has maybe maybe she's just putting that front up because it's it's getting people talking you know it could be just another strategy I can't imagine whoever is helping to manage her finance her financial um, assets and such are not going to advise her strongly to do that I don't think just the audience is the you know the first group of people to introduce a prenup situation to her especially after everything she went through with Joe. So I, I think some of that is just played up a little bit more just to get people doing exactly what we're doing, you know, like you better get a prenup. How could you not get a prenup? You know, um, what else is going on? No, I'm excited. I, I listen, I, I don't want to talk too much on, on Dubai on this one because I'm, I'm, I want to do a full on, um, I want to do a full episode breakdown of the full season one particularly after watching the reunions and um make it like a deep dive if you will and i'll probably end up doing that with my partner so because we both have had in-depth conversations around dubai and what we think works and what doesn't work and just the recent episodes proved to be very interesting. And I think the storylines are shifting now that we've gotten to know some of these ladies. Um, I think things are looking up. So I think I say that to say, I think Phaedra would bring a great story to that. I think she'd be a great addition um, 
because I mean, again, she was she proved on Ultimate Girls Trip that people want her back on their TV screens. And I said this in my last podcast episode, I think too, is I'm ready for Phaedra to come back. I'm ready for her like shade. I'm ready for her fun, like, you know, sassiness and, and all of that. So I think it would just be a really great way to like add another layer to the group. But there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff there in Dubai. And I, I think there's still a lot of people that, you know, disagree with me on this and say that it's it's completely boring but i mean we could argue that a lot of season ones were boring if we went back and watched season one of beverly hills was it the most compelling outside of the glitz and the glam of just the wealthy of beverly hills and the backdrop of it not necessarily it wasn't the like if if that was going to be the one thing to sell it i don't know if that would have been it so it's it's like a buildup, and I feel like we're getting to the end of the season. They've clearly filmed the reunion, so it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. But I definitely think Phaedra would be amazing on that cast. Um, I also saw a lot of people saying uh, Stanberry should not be on the show. I'm kind of neutral on that. I think she just had a lot of pressure being the only one that was, dare I say, the the, the most famous in terms of like TV personality because of Ladies of London and such and the relationship to Bravo previous to this. So it just, I think, I think naturally she's going to get a lot of that um, pinned on her just because I'm sure it, it, the ladies felt a little intimidated to some degree because she's been down this road before and maybe they felt like they needed to band together so that, you know, and she's a little bit on the drier side. So, you know, if, if you weren't, adjusted to her humor or the way that she interacts then yeah you I could see her rubbing people the wrong way but I think at the end of the day we need some other dynamics to kind of break that down and I would love to see a Phaedra and Stanberry like interaction that would be really interesting nonetheless anyways um well I don't want to keep ranting on and on but I do want to get into my interview with actor-director James Pratt. He was nice enough to literally, literally get off of his flight and jump on to just chat with me. He's, uh, he's, he's done a lot so far. Um, in just 2022 alone, he's won Best Actor at the Los Angeles Film Awards. He's also won Best Actor at Beyond Hollywood International Film Festival. He's won Best Director at Cannes Film Awards. He's also won Best Actor at the New York Movie Awards. Um, his last movie, uh, his latest movie that's out is Malibu Crush, which actually I watched uh, before our interview, just because it's really funny, but we talk a little bit about genres of movies that he's kind of, you know, gone back and forth on. Um, and then we kind of get into like the industry and such. And, and he kind of gives his perspective from his point of view and his experiences and just really awesome conversation, learned a lot. And definitely, if you haven't seen the movie Malibu Crush, you should definitely, definitely check it out. It's definitely got a dumb and dumber vibe. So if you like that type of comedy, it's definitely up your alley. You should definitely check it out. But um, without further ado, let's get into my interview with James Pratt, and I will talk to you guys next week.
Don't forget to check out my latest Patreon. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, just go to patreon.com slash Georgia says I have two different tiers and I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye. All right, guys. So we have James Pratt. Um, I told you earlier in the episode, we were going to be speaking with him. He is an actor and a director and he's been quite busy, but he's already been winning for 2022 because I'm just going to read James a little bit about the awards you've won thus far. So you've won Best Actor um, at the Los Angeles Film Awards. You won Best Actor at Beyond Hollywood International Film Festival, Best Director at Cannes Film Awards, and Best Actor at New York Movie Awards. So how does that make you feel? Because we're not even close to the year ending. By the way, uh, hi, how are you? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you very much for for having a chat with me. Um, it makes me feel like I don't have a life <laughs> because <laughs> I'm just putting all this time into work and obviously like, you know, far too much work at the moment. But it's also a little humbling because, um, you know, last couple of years, it's like being all work and uh, I guess this is the the payoff. You're starting to see the fruits of your labor starting to kind of like come into fruition. So yeah. uh, what, so, and I, you just got off a flight, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, again, like kind of just to answer that question. Um, yeah. I went from uh, LA to Vancouver. So I'm in Vancouver now, tomorrow I fly to Toronto and mm-hmm. then I am in Toronto for Futurist Film Festival uh, and Mogul uh, Productions, a, a production company I'm involved in. And then I fly back to LA for three film festivals in September. Uh, And then I fly to Toronto International Film Festival on the 8th of September for a week. Um, And then back to LA, so. Oh my gosh, so you're booked up booked and busy as they say yeah i'm just i'm just getting those those airline miles like just getting them going i was gonna say you should have status on one of these uh airlines by now i would hope yeah i mean probably not as enough as i need but yeah (laughs) let's say let's say i've got i've got i've moved up i've bumped up a little yeah good deal okay so now your latest the last movie that you have out is malibu crush so what was that movie because i actually i i spent some time i watched it actually and it was interesting because the storyline is really funny but like what interested you in that specific character you know what it's kind of um and just for anyone listening because you know you would have picked up it's it's got very much like a dumb and dumber vibe yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely not, it's <laughs> definitely not like a smart movie where people walk away going, oh yeah, like that's like a meaning for something in life. Um, it's you know it's probably just a little bit of influence from when I was growing up. Um, you know, I had these friends and and we just would be more interested in having fun and you know I guess you could say almost like running scams. Uh, you know, just you know mischievous sort of stuff, surfing and and doing scams. Um, and then you finish high school and you have to become an adult all of a sudden. So there's probably a little bit left in, in me of that. Um, <laughs> and I think the other thing too, is just, you know, I've, I've been pretty lucky to kind of be able to grow up in Australia and then spend time in the U S mm-hmm. and that probably, you know, wanting to kind of show people what, what, what I feel like Australia looks like for two people coming back to America. Um, yeah. cause the story is like two guys from Pasadena and LA go to, to Sydney, Australia. Um, yeah. To kind of put a little bit of my flavor on it which is you know that beach lifestyle 
um, and that that idea that you know two guys from from America can get into a like a ton of trouble, like fun trouble in Australia if they wanted to, um, because Australians are quite laid back and you know technically you know they they enjoy you know tourists and people coming over. Yeah, that's one of the places I have on my list to visit because I've met so many people that have moved here from there and they're they always say the same thing they're like everyone here is just always like on a 10 like and they're just so much more relaxed about stuff and I'm like wow like must be so nice you know so I'm like I always want to go visit but then from here it's like feels like it takes like three days to get there yeah I mean, right right not right. three days but it's just like it's a long trip so you want to go there for a good amount of time obviously because it's not like a long weekend sort of thing usually oh, totally yeah it's like a 14 hour 12 12 hours of sydney to la and about 14 hours on the way from la to sydney so yeah um That's crazy <laughs> insane um so and you also direct so what so which do you find you mesh more with? Do you like directing more? Do you like acting more? So I, I went to acting school uh, straight out of high school. So that that kind of is, I mean, the acting's there for me. But as I have got a bit older, I've just really fallen in love with directing. Um, and if I had a choice, I'd, I'd prefer to direct. Um, just, I think purely because I, I do enjoy being busy. And, you know, acting is such an easy job. Like, uh, you're on set, you're waiting in your trailer, they call you, uh, you know, they market you, the editor makes you look bad, like great if you if you didn't, you know, hit the the marks or didn't hit the lines right. Whereas, and, and you, you know, it's kind of all wrapped up in a nice ball for you. Um, but if you want to get your hands dirty and, you know, obviously have that like, you know, risk versus reward or, or like do a hard day's work and then come back and feel good about yourself. I think directing really challenges you and helps you become better as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not for everybody. Like, obviously, like, you know, it's it's a job that's like uncomfortable at times and it's a job that, uh, you know, has pressure. But I, I think that's something I really enjoy is because there's a lot of self-growth in that. Um, and you can kind of really, you know, you can actually, you know, make something. Yeah, I feel like with directing, you can really kind of shift and create like a narrative as you're going along because you're actually seeing it play out in real life. So you can kind of tweak things or like shift things. So that's, I can see why that would be more rewarding because with acting, you're just playing out a character and that is it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the other thing too is I, I think with with a, an acting role, it's you sort of feel like you're A to B. Um, and it's a very, very important role, like A to B. But mm -hmm. essentially, you know, the editor's going to edit the way they want. The director is going to cut scenes that he doesn't like. Uh, you know, you're, you're, I guess, a facilitator, whereas the director, it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of pressure on you. But if you pull it off, you know, you're going to get a lot of praise as well for doing a great job. Um, so when you, speaking of acting, when you have roles that come up what what do you look for specifically or do you just kind of do you remain open to what comes your way in terms of like what you decide to take on or go for rather yeah I mean I think unless you're kind of like a Brad Pitt or a Tom Cruise where <laughs> if you say no too many times like it's okay because you know that there's going to be a paycheck coming regardless um, so I think, you know, you're, you're still fairly open. I think the big thing is, you know, I have a manager and for example, if she says, I think you should do it. And I don't, <laughs> if I don't want to do it, I think she's got a bit more sway than me to kind of like, 
you know, hey, like this is on the roadmap. So I think that's another thing to kind of consider, um, you know, what 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 my manager so wants me to do. So it's not really a question. It's just kind of like. <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah exactly i think you're gonna do this because you're gonna do it yeah yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, oh you want me to play a truck driver like, which is actually good because it gives you a variety of things to get thrown into i would imagine as yeah, an actor I, you know for that piece of it yeah and you know what too i think because there's that side of it where um you know, like delegating work in a business is great because that's how you build the business. I think in Hollywood, that's something that actors sometimes struggle with, which is they only want to do a movie if they're going to be like Nicole Kidman and the pretty girl, or they only want to do it if they're going to be like, you know, Vin Diesel and the cool guy that that drives the car. And so there's sometimes that third perspective where it's someone's like, okay, well, maybe to get to hypothetically Nicole Kidman, you need to play this role first or this. It's it's good to delegate, um, you know, with people you trust and say, hey, like, okay, well, you know the business better than me, or you know how things work, you know, what what do you think the roadmap would be? Um, That's really cool because I mean, the roadmap is really key in all of this. Really, I mean, if you think about it, because if you don't have that, then you're just kind of aimlessly shooting around. You don't really have like a game plan, you know? So it's like yeah, it, yeah. that part always seems to pop up. So now in terms of like what movie genres, because you've been in a variety of different genre movies, what has been your most favorite? Like what is your favorite genre that you've played in? I think the comedy space kind of suits me a little more. For some reason, I seem to get cast in horror movies or comedy movies. <laughs> It's like one or the other, like there's no middle ground. Um, like to give you an idea, I did this before I did Malibu Crush, I did this horror movie uh, where I get uh, I get shot with a crossbow, escape to this haunted house. And then at the end of the movie, I get stabbed like 12 times in the back. So like, I'm definitely done. But it's like, I go from that to then playing in Malibu Crush, this like dude that hasn't had a girlfriend for like 10 years. And basically is like, you know, spraying an old lady uh, with a fire extinguisher in the opening scene um, because he's pretending he knows how to be a fireman. Like just the polar opposite, <laughs> it's very extreme. Completely so, yeah. extreme opposite. What was it? The, was it the movie, was it called Halloween that you did? Yeah, you yeah. shot with a crossbow? Yeah, on Halloween, I played, a, I played Detective Ethan Rogers um, from the LAPD. That's so, what yeah. it was. Yep, I did. I saw, I saw that um, clip when I was um looking at stuff well it was it popped up with malibu crush because i was looking for it but um so then tell me this and then i know you you're busy so then i'll let you go but i want to just i want to know like since you're like direct you've directed and you are a director and you prefer that what would be your just your dream movie like the genre and what would the lead like who would the lead actor be in it or would you focus on an up and coming actor? Like, what would that look like? That is a really good question. So, I mean, first of all, I'd probably go like I have I have two passion projects at the moment. One's that I'd love to direct. One one's like a thriller that uh, looks like it's going to be shooting in November this year, which okay. is a UFO detective thriller. The guy's sent to Outback, um, Kansas, because he believes a UFO is going to land. Uh, and obviously like Dreamcast, you know, I'd love to work with one of the legends, you know, like a Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, one, one of these people where it's like, I guess today in cinema, it's more about the characters, 
mm-hmm. like you know, who's going to play spider-man next or who's going to play the hulk uh you know 20 years ago 10 years ago you know you had to be a really good actor to kind of anchor a film mm-hmm. and that's when you sort of had like the al pacinos and the de niro's and you know in, in a lot of ways like leonardo DiCaprio, i feel like he's the last one left um where if they do a film like they're really going to have a proper performance um that no one else could kind of play that character so i feel like getting a chance to have some some like you know an opportunity to work with one of the legends um would be mind-blowing um but on the flip side if you said look if you can't do that what's the other one my other passion project i'd love to do this um this really just basically dumb and dumber four comedy about a speedboat salesman that um rips off four japanese businessmen that that are trying to hunt him down and he's basically hopeless like again same thing like he sells speedboats but he doesn't have a boat license <laughs> um so that that kind of company is is kind of like like malibu crush you know let's just keep going with the dumb and dumber theme yeah i was just gonna say i think right now with everything going on in the world we need more of that type of content something like you know where it's not like super super crazy but then like for me i love thrillers and like horror milk so like i like both too so they're both very extreme but I don't know. They're no, you make it. You, you make it. No, no, you make a great point because if anyone's wondering why there's so many horror movies out right now, it's because there was like a huge, like excessive uh, production of them during COVID. Because with a horror movie, like you, you don't need to have terrific cinematography, or you don't need to like have like you know major action scenes. It's just to scare the audience, so people could shoot that while still being isolated or with like limited crew and cast. Um, so there's a lot of those out right now, but people are still scrambling to kind of, you know, during COVID, they couldn't shoot romantic comedies or action because there was just too many people on set. So do you find, um, and then I will let you go, um, sure. but if you, you know, when you talk about production and stuff, when you, when you work on a film, like, how do you know what you need? Do you take it on? Like, personally, do you have to like do you find yourself having to network with a small like production team? Like, how does that? So, so usually like the, the kind of the inception of a, a feature film is, you know, it starts with the script and then there's a kind of a budget breakdown. Uh, and depending who, let's say who wrote the script, if that person wants to direct it or that they just want to give it to a producer, but usually it's sort of filled out in the idea of here's a script producers will then get a budget breakdown or one or two producers uh and then they'll start filling in the blanks like who would be the lead roles which location would we shoot could we get tax credits if we shot in this location um like for example you shoot in new mexico you know you get 35 percent of the budget back um oh wow so you know location does matter when you're shooting it does yeah and and that's the thing where it's like so you you kind of break the script down and then the key thing there is, you know, do you have the finance? And sometimes you have to, you know, get a pre-sale. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have to raise the money yourself. Or, or sometimes, you know, again, a production company will say, hey, this is a great script. We have to make four products or four feature films for our, you know, contract with Netflix. You know, let us be the co-production on this one and you'll get an outward deal with Netflix. But we take on, you know, 50% of it. So it's it's kind of like, building a, a lego set like you start with the script and then you build it out mm-hmm. um 
and you just, you know, again, like sometimes if you're just starting out in the industry, like, or if you're an indie filmmaker, it's like sometimes the best thing is if, if you get a budget breakdown, because a lot of people say, oh, I couldn't shoot that movie for more than like, you know, $5 million. How could you, how could you rewrite the script to shoot it with what you have? Uh, and that's what I think the new version of filmmaker now is where, you know, maybe their dad owns like a, a speedboat company. They're like, Hey, let's, you know, let's use all these speedboats. I can get the cameras for free, but I will need money for editing post, you know, composer and, and the essential things. That makes total sense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I learned a lot about that. That's awesome. Not, okay. Not well, all those films are great though. <laughs> Just no, no, out. no. But yeah. when you look at it from like being able to create it, there is the possibility of doing it, even if it's not at the like the scale of like something yeah. super like high budget but you can still get it done especially nowadays i feel like with technology progressing the way it is i feel like it makes it a little easier no absolutely yeah and and that's like the thing with being a, like an indie filmmaker now it's like it's it's always about your attitude like if you're prepared to maybe wear like you know if you can wear three or four hats that's three or four salaries you don't need to pay for so if you could be potentially the producer one of the main actors and and you know like co-edit it then you've just, you know, you've slashed that budget down by a lot. Totally. Wow. James, thank you so much for jumping on my podcast and talking to me. I know you're a busy, busy man. You'll have to come back soon um, and update us on where you are. And I think you said you're flying out tomorrow? Fly out, yeah. Start that next crazy leg of the, <laughs> the journey tomorrow to Toronto. Yeah. So you'll definitely need to get your rest. Well, thanks again for uh, speaking with me and I hope to talk to you very soon and good luck with everything, safe travels. And I will talk to you guys very soon. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.